Welcome everybody to 20% Time, a podcast that takes you behind the scenes of Titan, a web consultancy based out of Chicago, but entirely remote and spread out, used to be just over North America, and now it's all over the world, basically. We specialize in Laravel, a PHP framework, which you probably know by listening to this, but we're often pairing that with any number of JavaScript frameworks, libraries, and whatever we got to do to get the job done. I'm your host, Dave Picking, and this week I'm joined by Tammy Robinson, a lead programmer here at Titan. Welcome, Tammy. How are you? Hey, Dave. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, it is a very, very snowy day up here in the Northeast, um, but uh, I'm, it's nice and cozy inside, and I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you today. Looking forward to talking to you, too. For people who don't know you, Tammy, who might not have met you online, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who, who is Tammy? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I can answer that. Um, I've been at Titan now for coming up on two years in February. Um, I've been programming professionally for the past seven years or so, um, but I started my programming journey at high school. I also participate in the Charlotte Tech community as a meetup organizer, where I help to plan different events where industry professionals of all levels can, uh, you know, receive career guidance, network, and sharpen their skills. So if, if somebody is in the, the Charlotte, the greater Charlotte area, and they're a dev and they don't know you, they should probably get to know you. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can follow the meetups that I participate in um, on meetup.com. One of them is Charlotte Devs. Uh, we have a Slack group that you all can join and, you know, connect with the rest of us that are here. Um, and then we also have Queen City Bytes. Um, and we mainly focus on... Um, providing assistance to women in tech and those who identify as women kind of, you know, figure out their way and give them tools to, you know, perfect their craft. Okay. So let's get started by, let's try to get everybody on the same page, right? Because self-care is used all over the internet, all over social media. I swear I've seen way too many hashtags self-care, which is great, but I think people mean lots of different things when they say self-care. It could mean well, I'm sure you're going to talk about it, but to you, what does self-care mean in the context of what we're talking about? All right. That's a very good question to start us off. Um, generally speaking, self-care for me means doing the things that's going to make me feel like the best version of myself on a consistent basis. And I measure that on a physical, mental, and emotional level. So with that being said, there are uh, different things I take into consideration as it relates to what practicing good self-care looks like as a programmer in a fully remote role. So I mm. think about um, what type of space I'm in physically trying to do my job. Like, what is my office like? You know, there might be a difference in how productive I feel working from home versus going to a co-working space or a coffee shop. For sure. And it for might sure. not even be, might the not same, be the same, like for every like person. For every There's person. like probably like no one way, right? It kind of depends on what works best for you. Is that fair to exactly. say? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and in addition to that, how is my workspace set up? You know, do I have all of the equipment I need? And is my furniture comfortable? You know, it might sound silly, but it's important because if I have uncomfortable furniture, it's going to affect how my body feels. You know, and if I'm having constant hip or back pain because because of my chair, you know, then I can't focus on my work the way that I want to. Um, and then when it comes to thinking about things on a mental and emotional level, the first thing I think about is, do I feel supported in my role? And if I have questions, can I rely on them being answered without being made to feel like I'm a burden to my peers? Mm. Secondly, 
am I bringing my full self to work or is there an overwhelming tendency for me to code switch because that can be really mentally taxing for a person? And the last thing applies more generally to being a programmer and it's what do I feel for myself in the work that I'm doing? Uh, Meaning how confident am I in my abilities to carry out different tasks? You know, identifying whether or not I'm experiencing any major stress or burnout and determining what the cause of it is. So self-care is definitely not, obviously, is what you just said. It's not just one thing. Can I, uh, one thing I I definitely want to, one other thing I want to, I want to ask your opinion on is, you know, I feel like whether this is, you know, I feel like some people might see self-care as like a luxury or as like, you know, honestly, maybe they just don't think that like, I mean, now we're going to get real, we're going to get real serious here. Like sometimes people feel like, you know, I'm not worthy of it or it doesn't matter or I don't have the time. Like this might sound super obvious, but like, can you make a quick, like the high level pitch? Like you described a lot of like things to keep in mind with self-care, but like at, at a high level, I'm guessing you're going to say that it's not a luxury, that it actually is like essential, right? So if I were to think about self-care from the, from the perspective of being routine maintenance, I think the why to that question becomes even more obvious. You know, speaking realistically, if not for ourselves, who can we really depend on to take care of us? <laughs> Timmy, that's, that we could have a whole podcast on that. Yeah, right, right. Um, You know, there's also the importance of what you'll benefit from having a good self-care routine. You know, for myself, being intentional about sticking to my own routine has helped me learn how to work alongside my anxieties because for a really long time, I was letting them work me, and that's not fun at all. Um, I've also become more focused, and I can manage my emotions a lot easier, and it's just given me a better understanding of myself overall. So I'm curious because I um, I am a, uh, we'll call it recovering uh, perfectionist, someone who has anxiety, someone who was like the classic uh, trying to always be a high achiever as a kid. And so I kind of have a, uh, I'll say a complicated history of being good about self-care. Mm-hmm. What has made this something that you really not just feel strongly about for yourself, but like in terms of evangelizing for other people, was it? Like something, did you have like, you know, people that you could like model yourself after that you knew growing up? Was it something that you have like learned along the way in your career? Like, how did you get to this point where you're like, no, self-care is like super important? Um, I would definitely say it's been a learned behavior that I've mm. gotten better at over the years. But the desire to figure out how to get better has been influenced by my need to unlearn certain patterns and behaviors. Um, and then seeing how well it's helped me manage certain Certain things is what's made it essential for me. So, for example, you know, I struggled with constant negative self-talk and Mm. believing that I shouldn't be in this profession, despite the work that I put in to get here. So, yeah, had it not been for figuring out a healthier way to navigate those feelings, I'm not sure that I'd be where I am right now. Do you think there are any misconceptions that people might have about the idea of self-care? Before we get into some of the more specifics, this is hopefully the last high level question. Is there any like things that you feel you have to like when people say self-care, you're like, nah, that's that's not really what it means. Yeah, for sure. I think um, there was two that I can think about that I even had myself. Um, one is that people think it's selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of us aren't aren't all that good at saying no. Right. 
You know, and then there's that old cliche statement that you can't pour from a glass half full, you know, or however it goes. Um, you know, it's the truth. You can only show up so much for other people before you begin to neglect showing up for yourself. Um, and then another misconception is that it doesn't work. Despite us knowing that when we're not taking care of ourselves the way we should, we'll feel it and it'll start to manifest itself in different different ways, be it physical or mental. Um, you know, if you're one of those developers that struggles with anxieties, do what I did and figure out a way to work alongside them as opposed to letting your anxiety be the deciding factor in how your workday is going to go. Yeah, the way that you described, you know, I, I'm also going to butcher the, the the metaphor, but right, like if, you know, you can't pour from a cup that's empty, basically, right? Like, right. Um, I felt as you were saying that I I could sense you might have some like real life experience where you felt like you were trying to keep giving and giving, but there was nothing left to give. Is that fair to say? I mean, yeah, it's a, it's an everyday struggle. I'm mm. still a work in progress. I wouldn't say that I've completely figured that one out at all. All right. So let's try to get a little specific and you already kind of started going down that path, but if, if someone's listening to this and you know, they're a dev, they're a remote worker or even just a person, right? Like, do you have some like basic essential things that they should be doing to practice self-care? that maybe apply to everybody? Yeah, I do. Um, now, I tried to keep this um, down to a short list, like a top five, but there ended up being six things that it's I totally felt like everybody should be doing. Totally so fine. So I hope that's okay. That's <laughs> okay. totally fine. That's totally fine. All right, get your notepads ready. <laughs> so first off, um, know the environment you work best in so you can do your best work. You know, it's important to ensure you're in a space where you feel comfortable. So just to reiterate some of the things I mentioned earlier, you know, be wary of code switching. You should absolutely have a good sense of belonging wherever you're working and make sure that your setup is ergonomically sound. You know, you want to be comfortable having to sit at a desk for eight hours out of your day. If you're lucky, you know, you might have that standing desk set up um, before the rest of us, you know. You just want to make sure you're comfortable. Second, um, build community. You have to find other people in the space you're in that look like you, identify the same as you, or is at the same step in their career as you. You know, if they're a little further along, that's even better. Um, I think having people that you can engage in casual conversation with and bounce your ideas and questions off of is super important. Especially because you're spending so much of your day with these people anyway, right? Yeah. And as a remote worker, you're kind of inviting them into your house on a daily basis in some form or fashion. Um, but even in doing that, you should still make sure you're setting healthy boundaries for how you communicate with your peers. But to me, this one is um, really important because it can make or break your remote work experience. For sure, especially since like, you know, Remote work, whether you're new to it or you've been doing it for a while, you know, it, it can be lonely, you know, you um, for yeah. some people, right? Because you don't have that, you know, yeah, you're talking to people online, whether it's Slack or whatever tool you use or on Twitter or whatever, but like, it's not like you're like going to go bump into your coworker on the way to lunch or something, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah, I definitely had to get used to this remote lifestyle mm. um, coming to Titan. 100%. So, that was that was one of those things that was super important for me to do. Okay. okay. All right. Next is to uh, journal. So you mm. have an honest perspective on your growth. You know, if you already journal on the regular, 
This can become a part of that existing routine, or you can create a new one. So personally, I like to do recaps at the end of each work week to gauge how things went. And then at the end of the month, I'll do a brief retrospective by looking through all of my weekly logs. And I'll make note of any burnout I experienced, uh, new tools or libraries I've worked with, and how any of the projects I've worked on have progressed during that time. Uh, Next, you should get organized by creating a routine. Mm. Now, I know routines and structure aren't everybody's cup of tea, but I think in general, it's a good idea to have some sort of routine, whether it's a list of things you do consistently or one to two things you make sure you do every day. So a simple example of that would be, you know, having a log of what you plan to work on for the day. And then at the end of your days, you can include where you left off. So the next morning, you don't have to do a ton of mental gymnastics in order to know where to pick it up from. I'm curious, you know, as you have sort of gone on on your journey as a as a developer and now a remote worker, did you find that you are sort of traditional? I don't know, I'm going to say historically, like, did you are you before this? Did you consider yourself like, yeah, I'm an organized person. And so this kind of came naturally. Or did you feel like you had to learn this on the fly? No, I've definitely been an organized person all of my life. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, and it's been something that's happened as a result of, you know, being someone that has high anxiety. Mm. Um, I need to have like some sort of like organization to my life in order to be able to kind of get things done, if that makes sense. It, it totally makes sense. I ask because for me, I had to learn it. I was not naturally, I was um, like a high, I was the classic, like high achieving, always trying to please. But the way that my, the way that I adapted to that kind of stress when I was a teenager was to just stop high achieving and to just be like, "Mm, forget it, whatever, it doesn't matter. And then I got to a point where all of a sudden, like, you know, I've got like a real job with like, you know, stuff I got to keep track of. And And all of a sudden my system of like sticky notes uh, you know, by my keyboard was, was not cutting it. And, um, you know, my, my wife is actually, not to get too personal. My wife is going through kind of a, a similar thing right now where she's got like, a you know, she's like all of a sudden a manager at work and, you know, her old systems, you know, are, are reaching their breaking point. I think that's just another thing I would, I would like add on to what you said, which is like, you know, if you have any kind of major change, new job, whether going remote for the first time or whatever it might be, like you can suddenly find like whatever you used to be able to get by with all of a sudden, no, it does not work. And now you've got a whole other level of stress. Absolutely. And you have to be willing to like adapt and know that, um, you know, the way you did things in a different position might, might not fit best um, when you, you know, pivot and switch roles or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, you just want to make sure that you have some sort of system in place that's going to, help you get by. Mm, Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, So the fifth thing on my list is to make sure you're fueling your body. Mm. You can easily slip into a cycle of working through your lunch hour and forgetting to eat food altogether when you're working from home. You know, if you have to set an alarm so you can actually step away from your desk when it's time and give that time back to yourself to recharge. You know, get some food, drink your water or coffee, and enjoy that downtime. And last but certainly not least is to affirm yourself more often and do it out loud. Um, It may seem weird at first, but you just have to find the best way to do it 
that feels most natural to you. And if you struggle with it, um, a good place to start is with some audio affirmations um, that you feel like you can relate to. Yeah, that's a tough one for me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like society teaches us to not be, you know, you want, it's like, it's you know, we always are expected to walk these fine lines. It's like, yeah, you should be confident, but not cocky. Yeah. You know, and I feel like affirmations, I feel like a lot of people when they, you know, I mean, when I first heard about the whole idea of that, I was like, what, am I going to start tooting my own horn? Is that what's going on? You know, because we're, we're almost taught not to. But, you know, if you're not going to, if you're not going to affirm yourself, who is? Right. Yeah. We have to be our own hype man. Yeah. You know, when I first started trying to learn how to do this, um, I would model myself after Is- Issa Rae, kind of. She has this... Um, mirror persona in her show Insecure where she like talks to herself and I would try to do that like in the mirror but it was really awkward and it didn't work so um yeah you just have to figure out a way to do it um a lot of times I'll do it by like um like writing my affirmations out so that I can see them Mm. that helps me um but I also like the audio affirmations as well you refer, here's one thing I want to come back to because you referred to it earlier. It's the idea, I know that I struggle with this. I know, I'm sure a lot of people listening to struggle with this. It's the idea that, like, it's not like you just suddenly, like, check off self care on your to do list and, like, you never have to worry about it again. It's, it's not just like a one time thing. It's a practice, right? But then it's also not like you can just, you know, go to selfcare.com and like sign up for like, you know, a monthly subscription. Like you, you have to do it yourself. Like how have you worked to make all of these things habits that you feel like you can stick with? Yeah. Uh, it would be amazing if there was a selfcare.com. <laughs> I'd be the first to like, we should buy that domain to Titan. I don't know. We could, uh, <laughs> yeah, for real. I'd be the first, like take my monies. Um, but you're absolutely right. It really does take time and practice. Um, and as I mentioned before, when you're first giving it a go, you'll spend a lot of that time unlearning things that have uh, negatively impacted how you feel on a daily basis. Um, just understand that it's okay to start small. Every day is an opportunity to learn yourself better. Um, but if you could think of the happiest day you've had, mm. try to remember what you did and who you had around and start from there. Um, Or you can try picking up on one new healthy habit you feel is going to improve your day-to-day and let that be your starting point. So that could be really simple things like waking up earlier if that's a goal for you, or you could start going for more walks, or maybe you want to like drink more water regularly or something, I don't know. Um, It really is dependent on the individual and what they feel they need more of. Yeah, you know... I think one thing that's really important about what you're saying is the idea that like you're not going to do it all at once right you know mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to go from now i'm kind of bad about the whole idea of self-care to like oh here's this person i see on instagram and I'm, I'm i'm just like it's like well first of all that's social media don't compare yourself but also like you got to kind of like one th- do one thing at a time sometimes you know um that applies to all sorts of habits absolutely yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's a it's definitely an ongoing practice. Um, and it's also one of those things like don't just think because like you start and you work on it and then you get better at it that you like should stop. Mm. Like just keep keep going. Like don't give up on it. It's really going to like change how you feel and how you do things. So, Tammy, if people were to walk away from this episode with just like only one thing 
that they should do to get started on sort of their journey to self-care? Like assuming that they're kind of like at a place where they're like, yeah, this all sounds great, but I'm not doing any of that right now. Like (laughs) (laughs) we're, what's, is there any one, are there a handful of ideas where you're like, yeah, here are like achievable things you can do to get started? Yeah, if that's how you're feeling, first of all, I'll tell you to love yourself better. Mm. Uh, mm. No, but um, if there's uh, one thing I have to choose and uh, I pick from the, the six tips I gave before, I'd say implementing the honest journaling because that might help you to um, identify some of those other things we talked about that could be happening. And once you've been able to pinpoint them, you can start doing the work to change those things. Um, I'd also just want to remind the folks out there that are either starting their programming journey or still experiencing some form of imposter syndrome that uh, your code does not define you. Define you. Yes. And even if it feels hard now, you just have to trust that it'll get greater later. And even... Uh, Tammy, I'm sure this is true of you. It's true of every devel- developer I've ever known. Uh, even once you get to, you know, if you've made a, a career goal to get to a certain place, once you get there, you're always writing code that when you look back in two years, you're like, eh, I probably would have done it differently because you're always learning, right? Oh, for sure. I do that every day. I can look at code <laughs> I wrote 10 minutes ago and be like, why did I do that? But, you know, it is what it is. You just gotta, you just gotta work through it. It's a, it's a part of the job. So my last question, is there anything that we did not get a chance to talk about today that you feel is like really, really crucial for people to know about anything to do with self-care? Yeah, there's one thing that um, I'd like to add that I didn't mention, and it's to um, set easily attainable goals for yourself so that you can get those small wins. That'll really help you to uh, boost your confidence in the work that you're doing because it's super easy to get caught up and question our abilities when we find ourselves working on something we can't quite figure out. You know, if you get frustrated, um, you know, just take a step back a a little bit, figure out how you can break it down um, into smaller achievable tasks. And once you get those wins and that instant gratification, it'll motivate you to, you know, pick up on some of that more difficult work. Okay. Um, actually, I realized I just had one final question and uh, mm-hmm. sorry for springing this on you. Because, you, you, you know, when you brought up the one thing that um, people should do to get started, you mentioned journaling. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a, was there when you got started with journaling, was there like a go-to resource or someplace where that, that like helped you get started on that? Uh, there was not. I kind of try several different things uh, to try to figure out like, um, like the best way to do it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And what I ended up landing on was doing like that weekly, um, that weekly journal for work. So, you know, I outline my document in Obsidian. You know, I have a template that I just duplicate and reuse every week. Um, I'll specify any goals that I have for that week. And that can be personally or for tasks that I need to get done. Um, you know, I'll outline any important interactions I have that week. You know, if I have like one-on-ones, like what happened during that one-on-one, what was discussed. Um, and then at the very bottom of that template, I just have a space where I recap the week so that when I have my retrospective with myself, I can easily just look back through them um, and see those recaps. 
you got a whole system going, don't you? I do. I told you. It, it, it's the anxiety. It's the high anxiety day. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I hear you. The, the one thing I was going to add on to that is, uh, and this is from my experience as somebody who has tried and failed to, to journal, is um, if you're listening to this, don't think that you have to like get a particular tool or go out and buy a new notebook with like Excellent. a really nice pen. Like Those are cool things. And sometimes that's what gets people over the hump to start. And if that's true, that's great. But like honestly, some it's not about the thing. It's about the practice. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Tammy, for joining us today. This has been awesome. I've learned a lot. I apparently need to maybe uh, try journaling again because uh, I'm uh, uh, not good at that. So thank you for uh, inspiring me to give that another go. Tammy, if people want to find you online, is there any particular place they should go? Um, you can visit my small micro site at TammyRobinson.me to learn a little bit more about me. You'll also find links to all of my social medias uh, on that site. And I'd like to just say, Dave, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed uh, sharing these tidbits with you all. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tammy. Really appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, for listening.